Our lesson this morning is from Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time on and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and on the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. The gospel is from Luke chapter 15. Or, what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The word of our Lord. In the name of our triune God, amen. Teaching language to our kids is always a fun exercise for me, especially when it's my most favorite language, that being Hebrew, and I think if you probably ask some of the kids, they've probably heard my Hebrew lessons before, and I'm sure that they always enjoy it just as much as I do. See, I began to learn Hebrew during my studies in Oklahoma, actually, for my undergrad, Um, and while my education was in modern Hebrew, I feel fairly confident in my basic reading of our Hebrew scripture passage this morning, that being our psalm. Knowing the original language of our scriptures is, is an important part of the formation of all of your religious leaders, myself included. By knowing a bit of that language, we can begin to understand the culture of the place and time in which these writings were put onto parchment. This is, I think you can see, fairly important. This morning, I taught our kids the meaning of hallelujah, praise the Lord. This simple phrase is the beginning of our psalm this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah de Adonai. Hallelujah et sham Adonai. Praise God. Praise servant of God. Praise the name of God. This psalm is, as I'm sure you can imagine, called a praise psalm. I can't imagine why. Or an orientation psalm. It is a hymn of praise which comes from the depths of a community after some event in which God should rightly be praised. Not only should God be praised within this community, but the psalm tells us that indeed all of creation should and does praise God for acts of wonder which have transpired. And this praise is not just a word or a phrase, but it is in fact a way of being from this time on and forevermore, from the place where the sun rises all the way to the place where the sun sets. All of creation, every servant of God should praise God's name. Language is important because language places into a context, a collection of writings or a speech or, yes, even a sermon. The language that is used is intentionally grounding And reading another's language in our own, outside of that context, can be problematic. 
We see this all the time when the biblical narrative gets used to intentionally harm or exclude others. This week, the tensions that I have felt with this text are not of harm to others, but almost an insincerity or an inauthenticity of the state of our world today. This week, I have not felt that same visceral feeling of our psalm writer to praise God throughout every time or any place. No, this week, my heart laments. I continue to look to mourn and to wonder and to stare with tears filling my eyes as names and bodies actually flash across our new streams. I hear our psalmist this morning God is seated high, high above the heavens and the earth, looking down on us. Yet the poor are not raised from the dust. The people do not sit with princes and mothers once joyous, now mourn the lives of their children who were so wrongfully and so violently ripped from their arms. This week I lament and mourn and wonder and stare. It struck me odd that this Psalm 113 was paired with this reading from Luke. All week long, I wondered its meaning. Hallelujah, I found my coin. Hallelujah, the sheep has returned and my son has been found, as the other parables in Luke say. These parables always go hand in hand together, the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son, or the prodigal son, as it's classically called. And in Luke, they are a response. They are a response to grumblings of the scribes and the Pharisees who cannot understand why Jesus would ever want to interact with those people. We all know who those people are. The sinners, the hated, those who will never belong as part of our group. But Jesus is found there among them, telling them that they too our beloved children of our Creator. That news clearly never sat right with the religious leaders of the day, and so they grumbled, and Jesus' response was simple, yet powerful. Jesus says, The shepherd will always go to find their sheep, no matter how lost they get. The woman will always search for her coin, no matter how long it takes. And the father will always rejoice at the homecoming of his child no matter what they have done. Hallelujah. These parables, of course, seem backwards to us. The shepherd already has 99 sheep. What does that one sheep matter? The woman has the rest of her coins. Who cares about the one? And the son, well, we all know what he did to his father and with his father's money, so we just don't even want to touch that one. But I hope you hear the grace in Jesus' words to those leaders who were so ready to cast away whatever might be lost. Dear friends, I would love to give you this morning a don't worry, be happy sermon, hallelujah, but I simply can't. As a deacon of the Church of Christ, it is my calling from God and my sacred duty to stand before you and to tell you, dear church, God's creation is lost. 
Seemingly in all times and in all places, our world around us is crying out for change, for healing, for someone to tell them that they are holistically loved for exactly as God created them to be. Our world is crying for an end to violence, to hatred, to fear, to every force of evil which acts upon us from within and from without. Our neighbors are asking to be found again, even if they know not that they are lost. And so it is our turn to act. It is our turn to push away the fear that forces us into our boxes, that tell us that that voice of the Holy Spirit, which comes alive in us, is something that should be hid under a bushel and forgotten about completely. It is our turn to walk out of these doors and with one voice by the power of the Holy Spirit and the unity of Jesus Christ and under direct calling and order from the one who made all things, we are called to say to all people, you are loved. You are seen. You are raised out of the dust and you will sit with me. Your tears will be turned into joy again, and the sun will indeed rise tomorrow, so that in every time and in every place, our Creator will be praised. Hallelujah. I believe the shepherd is looking for its lost sheep today. The woman is searching for her coin, and the father is praying for the homecoming of his son. And all three are working together today, right now, to raise up all of God's creation, to make equal all people, and to bring joy to all who are barren of life within them. This is God's work, and we play an important role in that work. We are called as the church to go out and to break away all of those barriers and every piece of weaponry and armor which do nothing but keep those coins lost and push the poor deeper into the dust. We are called to create that space and to create those relationships which invite vulnerability and trust so that God can enter in and work to transform each and every one of us. And you know what? I have faith this morning that we can all say hallelujah together. I have faith because I know that you all can do this because you do it every second that you are in this place. If you've ever followed my newsletter articles, you'll probably see me write in almost every one that I am overwhelmed by your generosity of grace and love which you show to our kids each and every day that you are here. You welcome them and allow them to be themselves here just as God created them to be. This kind of welcome and generosity is not supposed to be exclusive to this sanctuary or to the walls of this church. This church, this place, is our grand playground of life where you each get to experiment and live into a completely backwards and upside-down understanding of communal life together. And it can't stay here. It's not ours to hoard this love and grace of God which we get to experience here. So I charge you this morning to wonder with me What more needs to be done together to show that God's name is worth being praised in all places and in all times? What more can be done to find and care for all of those lost coins around us? How do we pay attention to them? 
not casting them in the dust, but working with God to raise them up. Dear church, our neighbors need us now more than ever, and I highly doubt that they even know it. In fact, I highly doubt that many of our neighbors even care anymore about what we believe or why we believe it. But I hope that you experience God's grace and love here so much that you have no choice but to take it out and to proclaim it to the world. I hope that you can bring an experience of wholeness and love, of being found and raised up together, of praising God's name with the whole creation in all time, from the place where that sun rises to the place where it sets, so that together we can all say, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Dei Adonai, Hallelujah, Sham Adonai, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Amen.